0: If you are a jiu-jitsu student that feels like you're lacking clarity and direction and you want to go from feeling unsure if you're on this right path to really building a personalized strategy so that way you can feel more secure and confident in your training decisions, that way you're creating this assurance that you will be able to accomplish both your short and long-term goals in jiu-jitsu and just really be the most that you can be. You would probably be a great candidate to work with me in my jiu-jitsu acceleration program. It's invite only. You have to be accepted into it. Um, anyone can join from white belts all the way to black belts. I have all different belt ranges that are in it. And if you guys are interested in that and you're wanting that personalized strategy and you're wanting that direction, then make sure you head over to my website at www.chasonhill.com and we can get you guys enrolled and moving forward. What is going on, guys? Welcome into another episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Secrets Podcast. My name is Jason Hill. If this is your first time uh, coming in and checking out the episode. Welcome in. We've had a lot of new listeners lately. So today's episode, I want to jump into part two of a three-part series here where we're talking about our Jiu-Jitsu audit or doing a little bit of what we call an abilities audit. So if you guys haven't checked out part one, I would highly recommend that you do that because I kind of laid the foundation and framework of why all of this stuff was important. And so what we talked about in the other part was really talking about how we're using this uh, jujitsu kind of hierarchy in the three parts as a kind of guideline or like a roadmap to understanding what areas we're trying to audit and why we're trying to audit those areas. So, if you guys, like I said, haven't checked that out, make sure you go do that. Um, it will it would be very beneficial. But if you're just wanting to jump right into it, just as a quick recap, you know, we already talked about the bottom hierarchy. And so in this one, we're going to be talking about the top section hierarchy. And so the goal of what we're trying to do now is we're trying to assess more of what of our offensive abilities are if you kind of wanted to call it that. So in the bottom hierarchy, we really were focusing more on the uh, defensive and submit and, and survival ideas of Jiu Jitsu because ultimately the majority of our defensive techniques, our defensive skills, uh, principles and concepts, all of that good stuff happens when we're in the bottom hierarchy or we're training out of that. But when we're focusing on the top section hierarchy, like the top positions, that is usually where more of the offensive come from, comes from. Now, remember in the bottom hierarchy, we did talk about the skills of like sweeping and, and things of that nature. Um, we're going to save the submissions for a whole separate. That's going to be part three coming up here very soon. So when we talk about the top section, really what areas are we trying to assess of the top section? Well, we're really trying to get clear about Anything that is going to be more of the skill, I guess you would call, of dominating or imposing or advancing type idea. So this would be things like guard passing or positional controls or transitions, um, takedowns, things that are basically taking you from either a neutral or defensive position to an offensive based position. So that is how you can go from being in the bottom to being in the top as well, too. So the better that you get at like sweeps, then you're able to now change from being defensive to being offensive. Um, Also, a way to do that, too, is is takedowns. Like, for example, if you get really good at takedowns and you can keep the fight um, standing, then, you know, you're that's a way to achieve top position and dominant position. Um, Personally, I think. Takedowns take a lot longer to get good at than learning how to sweep people. Um, I think sweeping, because when people go down to the ground, um, the challenge of dealing with uh, of taking out people's posts and using like physics and leverage is a lot more uh, applicable and it makes a faster impact than standing does. Uh, Not saying you should ignore standing. I'm just talking about if you're trying to hack the system here. Uh, standing takes a long time to get good at. The hardest part about standing, in my opinion, is uh, is basically kind of getting the shot, getting the connection, and getting the timing from when you're on, on your feet. Um, it's not quite the same when you're on the ground. You know, you guys are already connected, you're attached, your legs are wrapped around somebody, whether that's from a closed guard or some type of an open guard or connection, right? So that is kind of a hack on a way to get on top. But then once you get on top, right, now we're in the more kind of offensive positions. And so usually, if you think about it this way, let's say that you hit a takedown or you hit a sweep, now you usually um, have to pass some type of guard unless your sweep puts you into a perfectly side control or a perfect mount position, which there are some that do do that, or your takedown puts you perfectly in a some type of mount or side control where you've already passed the guard, your next series or next thing would be to advance to a more dominant position, right? To get past the half guard, to get past the closed guard, to get past some kind of guard moving forward. So that is one area that you could be assessing is how is your guard passing? The next area is obviously going to be the top controls and top pins. That would be a form of domination or imposing. Basically, you're able to impose the positional control to where someone cannot escape, someone cannot get out. Once again, we kind of want to hold off just being submission-based because we're going to dedicate a whole series to just doing that in itself or a whole training session to doing that itself, but we want to try to just basically be a little bit more offensive and controlling and dominating. Now, there is one slight defensive perspective that you could take from this. You could do maybe defensive ideas from the guard. Um, You know, if you're inside someone's closed guard, you could play defense, see how people are maybe putting you in like arm locks or triangles or chokes, and you could try to escape those to assess your abilities there. Uh, Leg locks could also be an area too, I guess. You could technically say, oh, I want to see how someone puts me into a leg lock and and they go from that. That could be a, a defensive principle that you could train from this top position as well. Um, but that's just some other ideas for you guys, but you can see how the top section is more heavily offensive based. And so you're wanting to assess how well you do those skills and what problems you're having with those skills. Now, this brings me to my next point. The reason why we did the bottom section first is because on the friction scale, it is much easier. It is very easy to allow people to come on top of you and to be defensive it is much harder to be offensive so there's a good chance that you may on some rounds depending who you're training with you may never get much of an offensive to be um uh to be tried or to be attempted and that's the point that is what we're trying to figure out we are trying to figure out we're trying to assess why are you not able to be offensive and it can't you can't just settle with the answer of well because i suck or because i'm not good or because this guy's so much better that's excuses that's excuses that's excuses that's excuses the sooner that you guys stop making excuses and the sooner that you understand that you have a lot more control over your journey than you want to admit and it's much easier to sit and sulk and say oh well if i was better if i was younger or if i was whatever i would be no you guys actually have the ability to do something about it you just have to accept the fact that you're just not good enough yet and there are solutions out there you just have to go out and do it it's, it's that straightforward, right? So, but you it takes time in order for you to figure out what the actual problem is. So, for example, if you guys are really enjoying this podcast, I'd greatly appreciate it if you left me some reviews, maybe some five stars, whether you're listening to this on Audible, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Make sure you guys leave this five stars, leave some nice words. Also share it with a friend. You know, I don't charge anything for these podcasts and my goal is just to grow it and help the jiu-jitsu community. So thank you guys for supporting and I'll see you guys later. If you are never able to get to the offensive positions, why is that? Let's say that you notice that after you're able to escape the mount position, you're in close guard and you really don't have a way to get on top. You don't have any sweeps. You don't have ways to find ways to get on top. That's, that's gold mine of information. That is great information to note. Um, if you do get on top, can you not pass guard? Why can you not pass guard? What kind of guard passes are you trying? How are they defending? What are they defending with? Do they have good guard retention? Is it gi? Is it no gi? What are they doing? Right? Let's say you do, you are able to get on top, but they can escape right away. You never catch any submissions, why can they not why can you not catch any submissions? What is happening or how are they escaping? Right. So those are all the things that we're trying to assess when we talk about being offensive. So if you're gonna complain that this is gonna be too hard for you or too difficult for you, good. That's the point. That is a goldmine of information. The sooner that you guys can realize why it's hard and not just use the excuse of because I'm not good enough yet. But why are you not good enough? What is not good enough? What skill is not good enough? Because now you guys are chopping down and narrowing down where your priorities need to be. And that was the whole point of the last podcast I talked about, or I think maybe two podcasts ago, was talking about priorities and giving you guys ways to rank that priority. Now, what is funny is sometimes when I have students who do these exercises, they do way better at the top section than they do in the bottom section. Like overall, like when they get done and they assess their abilities that they had on top, they're like, dude, I was I was way better on top. I felt more comfortable passing. I felt uh, better getting takedowns. I felt better, uh, uh, you know, doing all the top stuff than I did the bottom stuff. What that would tell me is that either... You are um, a natural grappler. Pro- you probably have previous grappling experience, right? That's what that would tell me. That tells me that you probably had wrestling or you maybe had judo experience, and you are able to kind of hack the system and impose your will a lot sooner. And I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying that that's not uncommon. So don't think that that's like weird or that's bad or or whatever. No, no, no. That's totally common to happen. Now, for most people, that's not the case, right? For I would say probably 80% or more, they're gonna feel worse doing the top section than they did in the bottom section because they were never able to even get on top, right? So if you guys wanted to say, I want you to be actually a tiny bit more aggressive, if you want to call it that, whenever you're doing the top section, I want you to be trying to impose. I want you to try to dominate. I want you to try to make it more kind of a grinding match when you're doing this section because that's going to reveal a lot of stuff. Um, And then you want to reflect back whenever you're recording the information Right. You want to say, like, how was the offensive position? How was your guard passing? How was your takedowns? How was your control from the major positions? If you're so good and you're so dominant in jujitsu, go through all the major top positions like the mount, the side control, the back mount. Um, all the different guard uh, guard passing, go through all of those and see how many people you can do that stuff on and see what information you find. I guarantee you'll find a weakness, even if you're dominant. This is what's so cool about jujitsu is there's always stuff to work on. Even if you're the guy that can pass everyone's guard and hold everybody down and be more controlling, there's always things you're like, man, I should have put my hand here. Man, I should have kept my weight here. Man, I should have done that. Just a lot of times it's just not uh, directed or it's not focused so we want to fi- figure out where that is but once again the more problems you have or the less success you have that is more uh, positive that is a gold mine of information because if you're ultimately able to d- dominate and destroy everybody then I don't really have much for you guys and you're not having any problems and you're good to go for the rest of your jiu-jitsu career but that's not going to happen majority of people that never happens with there are so many problems out there so once again I want you guys now to go out and your next training session. And I want you to think about if you're doing five, five minute rounds and it's 25 minutes to try to be on top or try to get on top for all 25 minutes. If, if let's say you spend five minutes standing and you got one guy pulls guard and you spend all of your time trying to pass the guard and really trying to go and impose your will, that's great. You got five minutes there of super important data to collect from to try to analyze and reflect on and be like, okay, why was I not able to pass? What were they doing? Why could I not do this, right? That's great to have. If they take you down, and this is one round, they take you down, they mount you, you're able to escape to the mount or you escape the mount, you get to close guard, And you're trying to sweep them and you just can't sweep them and nothing is working and you can't get on top. That's great data. That's great information. How are they defending? Why is your sweep not working? How come you can't take their back? Like, what are you doing that you can't get on top? Or maybe you did get on top. You take the guy down, you pass the guard, and now you get to the mount position and he's able to escape in about 10 seconds. Why was he able to escape in 10 seconds? So you guys see how much information that you could do this, and you could just keep doing it over and over and over again. Now, like I said, some of you, you're going to stand up. You're going to shake hands. They're going to take you down, and you're never going to get a chance to get on top. Cool. Why? Why could you not get on top, right? That's all very important. Some training hacks for this one is... If you feel like you're never able to get on top and you're really, really paranoid about that and you don't feel like that's the – and you feel like that's the only way you're going to get value, ask your training partner. Say, hey, I'm trying this exercise that this weird guy did on a podcast where he told me like you know, I need to try to get on top and hold people down. Just literally explain to them what you're doing in a very shortened way and just say, can I just start here and I just – I'm wanting to try to hold you and I'm wanting to kind of see how you get out um do you mind if i start here and i guarantee you 80% of the time 90% of the time people will say yeah sure they're wanting to help out jiu jitsu people are relatively nice individuals so you guys can throw those little hacks out there because even if they get out in 2 seconds you're still going to have to then, oh, wow, now now they put me in half guard. How do I pass half guard? Oh, wow, they put me in close guard. How do I break the closed guard? And now how am I passing? So you're going to be assessing these kind of more offensive-based skills that occur in jiu-jitsu. I would say this is probably more commonly how most people do training. Most people don't pay any attention to being on the bottom and assess their abilities there. They're more commonly worried about how they're being offensive-wise. The weird part is just going to be um, essentially not going for submissions. I want you to try your best to hold off going into submissions. And then if you're so good at this, like I said, you could go through all the major positions or you could start to put yourself in bad, uh, bad positions and let people start to submit you from the bottom from uh, being inside of people's guard or, or things of that nature and just see how you how you are at escaping triangles. How are you at escaping arm locks? How good are you at escaping chokes or whatever, right? That's just a, that's an advanced series coming up for you guys. So that is how you guys are going to do part two of this exercise of this rolling research. So hopefully you guys got some information out of it. You enjoyed it. And uh, part three will be coming up very soon. So with that being said, I'll see you guys in the next one. Thank you guys again for supporting the podcast. In case you guys didn't know, I'm really trying to work on growing my social media presence either on Instagram and on Twitter. So make sure you guys give me a follow over there of at Jason Hill is both handles. It's also in the show description. It's a quick way to link over. This is the best way to also ask me about questions or topics you would like future podcasts on. Also, if you haven't already, make sure you check out the YouTube channel. It has a lot of these topics just in video format. It's just another medium for you guys to check it out. And so that is a good way to also get some jujitsu help. So thank you guys again, and I'll see you guys later.